Good morning, Four Points. Everybody awake this morning? Let me ask you a question. How many of you have already gotten all of your Christmas? You guys aren't doing as good as the first bunch, okay? So how many of you still got a ways to go? Some of you. How many of you haven't gotten anything? Why is that all men, huh? Yeah. Well, hey, you guys ought to be proud of me. Usually I wait till Christmas Eve, but I've already gotten some of my stuff this year. And uh, so I'm proud of myself, and I think I did a really good job. Uh, I saw some of you out shopping at the mall the, uh, the other day, and, and uh, that was neat. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> Have any of you, has this happened to you this Christmas season? You were at the mall, and I mean, there were no parking places, right, to some extent, and so you're looking for a parking place and you see a, a lady coming out with about 22 bags, okay? And so you just kind of follow her, you know what I mean? And try to figure out what car she's going to get in. Okay, you've done that, I'm sure. And then she gets in her car, she op- or she gets to her car, she opens the trunk and she throws her 22 bags in the trunk and then she turns around and walks back in the store. That was my luck, right? You know? And to make it even worse, she just waved at me. Hey. I'm like, you could, you know, you could have told me something here. Have you ever thought about the kind of person that God uses at Christmas? That's what we're going to be talking about today in a sense. What kind of person does God choose to use? What kind of person does God choose to deliver his message? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the methods that God uses to deliver his message? Because when you do, they're not conventional methods. They're not normal methods. Would you agree with me? God uses different people and different messages. So what kind of person does God choose to deliver his message? And you're probably sitting out there thinking, well, pastor, that's kind of a weird, weird title for a message for Christmas. And, And that just doesn't make any sense. But you see, I think that's what the Christmas story is all about. The type of person that God uses. And the type of person that God chooses. Because the kind of person that God chooses tells us a lot about what God is like. And we're going to look in, in Luke chapter 2 this morning in, in verse 8 through 20. And, I, and we're going to get a glimpse into the kind of person that God uses. And see, as we look at this person and we look at the type of person that God uses, then maybe we can see what God is like and maybe you can get a better picture of who God is in your life in a deeper way. Let's have a word of prayer as as we jump into that this morning. Heavenly Father, we summon you to come and speak to us. Father God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be here with us. Father, we pray that you will speak through the passage that we will get the message that you want us to hear. Thank you for the worship that we've already experienced. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here, for what they're facing, Father God. And I pray that you will open their minds and their hearts and their ears to what you have to say. In your holy name we pray, amen. So let's look at that passage of scripture here this morning. Luke chapter two, 
verse 8 through 20. It's a pretty long passage of scripture, but I think it's very important that we read that this morning. Look what it says. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. What I want you to see this morning is God chooses to use unlikely people to carry out his plan. In biblical days, in the time that Jesus was born, a lot of times a, a herald would be hired to proclaim the birth of a baby. Well, what Jesus did, Jesus didn't have to hire anybody. He just had his angels proclaim his child was going to be born. So that's not an unusual thing. But here's the unusual thing I want you to see this morning is who the announcement was made to. Because if it would have been me, if it would have been you or, or a lot of us, you would have probably made that announcement to kings or somebody in a palace or, or maybe to religious leaders or Pharisees or, or scribes. But none of us would have chosen shepherds because shepherds were the most ungodly people of the day. They couldn't attend worship. They, they were rejected by the religious people. And because they were re rejected by the religious people, they felt like they were rejected by God. But when you look at this passage of scripture, we're going to break it down in just a minute. When we look at it, the, the very person that God chose to deliver the good news through, to, to talk about great joy, it, it's not being proclaimed in a church. It's not being proclaimed in a synagogue. It's not being proclaimed in a temple. But it's being proclaimed in a field with dirty sheep and shepherds. You see, these shepherds felt a distance from God. They didn't feel like God loved them or cared about them because of what the religious community had told them. Maybe some of you this morning feel that same way. Maybe you feel there's a distance between you and God. Maybe you feel like that you don't necessarily fit in. Maybe you came to church here at Four Points this morning because somebody invited you. Maybe you came just because it was Christmas. Maybe you came because you decided I'm going to give church one more try. I'm, I'm just going to give God a test drive. But you see, these shepherds, they were outcast. 
They were considered ceremonially unclean. They were regarded as dishonest. In fact, nobody would even purchase anything from a shepherd. They wouldn't purchase milk. They wouldn't purchase wool because they thought it had been stolen. The shepherd's word was so bad that a shepherd could not even appear in court because their witness would have no effect. But this is who God chooses to deliver his message. Isn't that kind of strange? The very people that nobody would believe. The most ungodly. God himself chose to deliver his message. You see, when we look at that this morning, we see the type of person God chooses tells us a lot about the kind of God he is. The kind of person God chooses tells us about the kind of person he is. Maybe some of you this morning feel that rejection. So when we see who he chose, maybe you can see that God can choose you. The first thing I want you to see as we break down this passage of scripture this morning is that the shepherds were afraid. Look what it says. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were filled with great fear. The shepherds were afraid. Most of us can relate to that, right? Can I just be honest with you? Every single time I stand up here to speak, guys, I am afraid. You may not see it, you may not know it, but the big boy here is afraid, okay? I I do every single time that happens. What was the source of their fear? Well, you think, well, Stephen, if an angel appeared to me, I'd be afraid. I'm not sure if I would or not, maybe. But you know, that was the reason they were afraid. But I also believe that one of the reasons they were afraid because they, they felt that rejection of God. They were taught they didn't measure up. They were taught that they couldn't be made right with God unless they attended certain ceremonial cleansing. And, and so they didn't feel worthy. I wonder how many of you feel that way this morning. You feel spiritually dirty. You see, they couldn't perform those religious duties. In fact, they were felt to be so unclean that if somebody else touched them, they had to go to the temple to be cleansed. That's how those guys were viewed. But their fear was not just physical. I think it also came from the roots of how they felt spiritually. They just didn't think a holy God would want anything to do with them. I imagine there could be a person here this morning that that's exactly how you feel. You don't act like it. You wouldn't tell anybody that. But maybe because of some things that had happened in your life, that's exactly how you feel. And fear is what's keeping you away from God. And in fact, you're afraid that you're not going to measure up. And and you're afraid that you're not good enough. Maybe you're afraid you'll fail if if you try to live that Christian life. Maybe you're afraid you're going to let somebody down, especially God. We can all relate to that. 
Maybe you were hurt by somebody in the church and, and you're so afraid if, if you dive in again that that same old thing is going to happen. So what did the angels say about the fear? How did they respond to the fear of these shepherds? How do they respond to the fear that you and I face? Look what they tell us. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see their fear and their curiosity and their amazement had turned into a seeker. And so, so they, they began to, to, to seek God. They began to seek after him. They began to look to him. Let me ask you a question. What is your greatest fear this morning? What is your greatest fear? What's holding you back? What keeps you from doing what you want to do? What keeps you from doing what you know God wants you to do? You know, one thing that keeps a lot of us back is, is that we compare ourselves to others. Especially in the church. Well, I, I could never live like that or I could never be that person. And, and a lot of times we compare our weakness to somebody else's strengths. Don't let comparing yourself keep you away from God. Don't let that happen to you. But you see, the message that the angels brought to them here, it was a personal message. Look, look what they said here to them. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. In other words, when it says all there, I wonder if those shepherd re shepherds realized, I don't have to feel rejected anymore. I don't have to feel distant anymore. I don't have to feel like that I can't worship God where I want to worship God. I don't have to go to the temple where the religious people are at. And then notice the next passage there. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. For unto you, for unto those shepherds, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is a personal message to every single one of us. And this good news is refreshing. It can change your life. It can give you purpose. It can give you hope. And it says here, there's a baby being born and his name is Savior. It means deliver and he's Christ the Lord and he will deliver you from your sin. So as we look a little further here, once again, they were curious. Their fear had turned to curiosity. They became seekers. Look what the passage of scripture here says. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing. See, I'm not sure they understood yet what was really going on. Because that comes from the original language. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, 
they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. Do you see there? They were the ones to announce to Mary and Joseph exactly what was going to be going on here. They were the messengers, the shepherds. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. The shepherds were not just afraid. The shepherds were seekers. Maybe that's you this morning. You're curious. If we were to define where you are spiritually, you you would be a seeker. And can I tell you something? This church is designed for seekers. It's not designed for the already convinced, okay? If you're not sure yet, if you're in your spiritual journey, we're glad that you're here. Because all of us are on a journey too. Maybe we're further along in our journey than some of you. But the Christian life is a journey in our relationship with God. Now, a lot of you have been doing a lot of seeking the last couple of weeks, okay? And let's kind of be honest here. It probably was not seeking the babe Jesus, all right? You were in a store. You were in a mall. You were in somewhere like that seeking. Let me ask you a question. Did any of you stalk anybody in a store or in the mall this Christmas. There was this certain item that you had been looking for. And you had looked everywhere in the world for that item. And all of a sudden you see that item. But it's not on a shelf. It's in somebody else's buggy. So you stalk them all around the store. And you get real spiritual and you pray, God, please let them put that down. I'll never do that again. And I told you about it. And then they put it down and you run over there and grab it and you take off to the cash register. Someone in my family did that. I'm not going to say who that was this morning. But that's not the kind of seeking that I'm talking about here. You see, the Bible is filled with seekers. It's filled with people seeking the Messiah. They filled seashores. They dropped friends through roofs. They sat in fields to hear Jesus preach for hours. And the Bible says that a rich man, a rich seeker, a tax collector even climbed a tree. Men don't climb trees today or then. But he was a seeker. He wanted to see the Messiah. He wanted to see God. And what did Jesus do for this seeker? He looked at him and he said, Zacchaeus, get down from there because I'm coming to your house. How did he know his name? You see, Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was going to be in that tree. He came there because Zacchaeus was there. Jesus knew that you were going to be here today. He knows what you're seeking. He knows what your fear is. He knows what you're going through. And he's coming to you. I hear people say sometimes, I found God. You ever heard somebody say that? I don't think anybody finds God. I think God finds them. Listen to me this morning. If you are here today, God wants to find you right where you are. The, the angels never proclaimed one word of judgment. But they said there's, there's great joy and, and there's good news. And the good news is that Jesus is a savior. 
And he understands what you and I are going through. And he comes exactly where you are. And he knew that you would be here today. Jesus loves to use unusual methods. And God loves to use unusual people. In the mid-1800s, there was this seeker named Plassade, a Frenchman. And a, a priest in the area had developed a relationship with him. And he was trying to get him to be part of the church. Because this particular Frenchman was a CEO. In other words, he attended church on Christmas and Easter only, okay? I hope none of you can relate to that. But he was a tremendous poet. And, and the priest asked him one day, he said, will you write a poem to go with Luke chapter 2? So it can be read at midnight on Christmas Eve at the service. Well, Passad was, was a seeker and, and he was not a believer. In fact, he was known as pretty much a hell raiser. And he was far from God, but he was a great poet. So this priest thought if I could just get him to read Luke chapter 2 and, and write this poem, it would be an amazing thing. And so he agreed to do it and he sat down and he began to write that poem and he was so mesmerized and so moved by Luke chapter 2 that he finished it in one evening. And he continued to read over the poem that he had written and, and he said to himself, he was amazed at, at the poem and he said, this poem is too good to just waste for a poem. It needs to have music. It needs to be a song. So he called a friend that he knew, a German friend, a German Jewish friend who was a great composer and he said, would you put words to this poem that I have written about the birth of Jesus? He's asking a Jew to do that. A man that doesn't even believe the story. Well, he agreed to do it and, and they put music to, to this poem and it became a very famous song. And in fact, it, it was sung in all the cathedrals and churches and, and museums. And then they found out that it was written by a seeker and a Jewish man and they tried to stop it, but they couldn't. Because God uses unusual people and unusual methods to spread his word. A number of years after that song was written, it was translated into English. And there was a Canadian guy, a 33-year-old Canadian in 1906 that put together this makeshift generator and a microphone and he hooked it up together and all of a sudden sound waves began to come through the air and people could hear somebody talk for the first time ever in the world. Ships were going crazy. They thought a miracle was happening because voices were coming through where, where just dots and noise were coming through. And this Canadian man sat down and he read Luke chapter 2. And then he grabbed his violin and he started to play that song that these guys had written. The song that Emma sang so beautifully a while ago. Oh, holy night. Written by a Jewish man and a seeker. The first song that ever went over the radio waves. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It's the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and air pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope 
the weary world rejoices. I wonder if he, when he wrote those words, he thought about himself. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. Oh, night divine, the night when Christ was born. God uses all kind of people and God uses all kind of methods to deliver his message. Now, a hundred and 13 years later, a rap artist by the name of Kanye West is proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ all over the world with his album, Jesus is King. Who would have ever thought it? Thunk it. People are listening to Conway, Kanye that I'll never be able to reach. People are listening to Kanye that'll never walk in a church. The Bible says sometimes God uses the foolish things of this world. Pray for Kanye. It's easy to put him down. The world would love for Kanye to fall. And we laugh at it sometimes and we think, you know, how in the world can this be? Guys, that's who God is. God doesn't choose who we would choose, does he? If God could choose a shepherd to proclaim his message to the world, why can't he choose a rap artist to proclaim his message to the world that will reach millions of people? That churches may never reach. This morning, if you are a seeker, God loves seekers. And he goes out of his way to find you. He goes out of his way to seek you. We love seekers here at Four Points Church. This church was founded for seekers, for people that maybe don't get it spiritually. You wonder if God can give you a clean heart. Yes, he can. You wonder if God can forgive your past. Yes, he can. You wonder if you can find peace at Christmas. Yes, you can. You wonder if there's a purpose for your life through Jesus Christ. Yes, there is. Whatever you're seeking this morning, I believe it can be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something this morning? Religion didn't work for those shepherds, did it? And religion's not going to work for you. Religion is not going to work for any of us. That's why Jesus had to come. If you're a seeker this morning, God did not come to bring religion. He came to set us free from religion. Religion says if you do the right thing, if you say the right thing, if I measure up, if I don't smoke or chew or drink or go with girls who do, then I'll be okay. That's not what God's word says. That's not what it's all about. Christianity was not meant to be a religion. It was meant to be a relationship with God. That's why God sent his message to a bunch of shepherds in a field proclaiming good news. And great joy. Look how the shepherds responded to that message. And the shepherds returned. 
glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Flashback to the beginning of this passage. The message was being proclaimed to outcasts, to ungodly shepherds, shepherds that felt distance, that didn't really know God, the bottom of the rung when it comes to people. And now they're praising God, they're glorifying God. And they were the messengers, they became worshipers from terrified. Afraid to proclaiming and worshiping God. They were transformed. If you hadn't heard anything else I say or I've said this morning, please tune in for these next few minutes. Because I believe this next passage of scripture could change your life. As I was studying this past week and and I kind of came to an impasse and said, God, what do you want me to tell them? God, how do I need to wrap this up? God, how do I need to finish this? And, And this passage of scripture came to mind. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. You see, these shepherds were transformed. They they became a different person. You see, when we allow God to to look into us, to, to speak into us, when we allow God to remove the veil, the veil is the thing that keeps us from knowing God. The veil represents the old covenant. The veil represents doing things the old way. The, the veil represents trying to earn God's approval. But see, when those shepherds looked into the face of that baby, not just any baby, but the baby Jesus, the veil was gone. When they looked into the face of Jesus, they began to see who they were. They began to see God's purpose and God's plan for their life. The the Bible says here in this passage of scripture that when the veil was removed, that there is freedom. And you notice where it says, beholding the glory of the Lord. It means as you behold someone, as you gaze upon someone in a mirror. There is a reflection. So what it's saying is that when the veil is removed in your life, you begin to reflect who God is. He begins to reflect in your past, in your shame, in your pain, in your hurt, in your sorrow. And he begins to create in you a new image. Notice it says there the word transformed. It it comes from the root word metamorphe or metamorphosis. And it means a gradual change. Transformation, guys, is not overnight. It's a gradual thing. And the word here transformed in this passage means basically this. 
to assume a shape through alteration. To assume a shape through alteration. In other words, God wants to alter the very nature of you. And when when you look into the mirror of your soul, the Bible here says the Holy Spirit of God will begin to change your reflection. The Holy Spirit of God will begin to help you to see not who you are, but who he created you to be. You will begin to see that you're made in the image of a holy God. That his image is reflected onto your own image. Have you ever been standing in front of a mirror and somebody comes along and they stand behind you and you see your image but you also see a reflection of their image? That's what the scripture's saying here. You begin to see yourself, but you don't see yourself as you were. You begin to see yourself as God is making you. And the more intently you look, the more intently you favor, and the more intently you become a picture of who God wants you to be. You see, that's the Christmas story. It's transformation. These shepherds so much embody that of what Christmas is all about. You see, they went from being rejected to being accepted. They went from separated to celebration. And they went from humiliation to transformation. That's what God wants to do for you today. That's what God wants to do in your heart. That's what God wants to do in your spirit. That's what God wants to do in your past and in your shame. I wonder if you're here today and and maybe you're a seeker. You've never stepped into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You thought it was all about religion and and rules and, and you just can't measure up. Listen to me this morning. Almighty God through his son Jesus Christ, through that little baby, is seeking a relationship with you. He's seeking to remove your veil. What is the veil? What's the veil that's kept you from God? What's kept you from what God wants you to be? I wonder if there's anybody here today that you've never let the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus himself, step out of heaven and step into your heart. I wonder if the Holy Spirit is drawing you. Last Sunday, we kind of had a celebration for our volunteers. And and I was standing in line back there waiting to get some food. And and I was talking to to one of our our men. and, And all of a sudden, his little grandson came up. And he looked up at him. His name is Wade. And and the little grandson, Gavin, said, Papa! Papa! Nobody else existed but Gavin. Because Papa got down on his knees and said, what is it, Gavin? Let me tell you something this morning. If you cry out to Papa, he's listening to you. He hears your voice. He knows your name. He knows what you're going through. He knows your pain. And his desire is to reflect his image into you. 
so that you can be what God made you to be. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? I wonder if there's anybody here. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't know where you'll spend eternity. You don't know him as your savior. You just know about him. But this morning, would you invite Jesus to step out of heaven and step into your heart? Would you be willing to take that step and enter into a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Would this Christmas, would you embrace that baby born in that manger? If you need to do that today, we have some people that can give you some information that can pray with you. I'd be glad to do that. But if you need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life this morning, if you don't have a relationship with him, would you just look up at me real quickly and put your hand up so I can see you? Are you looking at me, bud? Thank you, man. Who else here today? You need to know Jesus. Are you looking at me, man? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else here today? Just wave at me so we can see you. Anyone else? You won't ask Christ into your heart. Anyone else? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank that you, thank you, God, that you, you sent your son. And God, you could have chose the most popular, the most ravaged place but you chose people just like us to send your son thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for dying for me thank you for coming here and Father God we love you and as we continue to worship and praise you may your spirit continue to fill this place in the name of Jesus I pray amen